Good morning. Can we just appreciate Jim and Rob this morning? Just stand up for a second. They, uh, they realized they had matching guitars, so they decided to get matching clothes this morning as well. We've, we've got a bad uniform. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, guys. The worship team, thank you so much for leading us so well this morning. God bless you. Can I, can I, can I ask you, church, uh, to uh, continue to pray for people this week? We've got a number of people that have been hit by uh, a sickness bug, which is why we've got a few empty seats in the house this morning. Um, I know Noel and Sue in particular uh, and Barbara um, and Annie uh, have been hit by it and a, n a number of other people. So if we can just keep them in, the, in your prayers. Uh, it is good to be back in the house of God. Amen. We have missed you. We have missed you. And uh, thank you for all of those who have asked us if we've had a good holiday. We have. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedle. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, it gets, church gets better every week, doesn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, this morning is a very special morning for Becky and I, and uh, this morning, uh, well, it should be a special morning for you as well, actually, but it's a special morning for us because it marks 12 months since we have been your pastors. And uh, do you know what? God has done some mighty, mighty things, and I've, I think we've got some cake after the service, have we, Jess? We've got some cake after the service just to celebrate. Everything is better with, with cake, isn't it? But God, <laughs> God has been so, so good over the last 12 months. And uh, we just want to give him some thanks and some praise this morning. We've had, we've had many people asking Jesus into their lives for the first time. We've had, we, come on. Come on. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous will walk into it. Amen? Over 12 months, we've seen many people give their lives to Jesus, and we are going to continue to see more and more people give their lives to Jesus for the first time. We've seen eight people get baptized, and uh, there are another four um, lo already looking to be baptized in just a few months' time, and that means that we're going to have 12 people uh, over 12 people just in, in the last uh, 12 to 14 months, which is absolutely amazing. We've had over 150 visitors uh, uh, on top of what the existing church was before, which is amazing. The church has grown numerically and uh, through discipleship as well, and we give God praise for that. We've had fresh vision and direction to rebuild the individual, restore community, and renew a city. And that's why we're called Renew, Restore Church, Church, because we want to res, rebuild the individual, restore community, and renew a city. God has shown us increased favor and blessing in relationships with other churches, city leaders, and business leaders over the last 12 months, uh, an increase in our missional and outward outreach as well, and that's just a small few things that God has been doing. We have seen healings in the house Come on. Come on. We're going to give God some glory this morning. 
Tony sits in front of me. He once had cancer, and he no longer has it, and we give God glory. <laughs> Esther, who can't be with us today, once had cancer, and she no longer has it, and we give God glory for that. <laughs> we're seeing God do miracles after miracle, and we're believing that there is more to come. Amen? And let me tell you, there is more to come. And over, as we move into the months of September and October, as Lillian shared a little bit, we are going to be focusing on mission and we're going to be, we've invited some of our mission partners uh, to come and share about um, the work that we can get involved in as church, as Restore Church. So this is, this is mission where we're going to get our hands dirty, church. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to just throw money at mission because, yes, money equips and builds things, but we want to be people who are hands-on and do things uh, for the mission and the glory of God as well. Amen? So uh, safe families are going to be, be coming along, but they'll also be sharing how you might be able to get involved financially, but you might also be able to get involved as a family. So Safe Families will share a bit more about that, but that is like a mentorship for parenting, and it's a brilliant, brilliant local charity that we are going to be supporting. There's also going to be opportunity to do international mission. So if you've ever wanted to do international mission, uh, we, we just want to place on your heart today to prepare your heart to just see what God is saying. And over the, the coming years, we're going to have opportunities for people to go and do mission in other countries as well. Amen? Anybody a movie lover in, this, in the house this morning? Yes? Okay, a few. Anybody watch the Mission Impossible movies? Yeah? Ethan Hunt. Agent Ethan Hunt. I don't want to spoil the whole of the movie. Well, all. How many is it now? Eight? Seven? Are we on Seven. That's how good the movies are. There's seven of them. <laughs> but most of them have a similar plot line in the sense that there is an agent who's called Ethan Hunt. And his, uh, his main aim is that he's given a mission that is impossible and it's his job to make it possible. Okay? But I know somebody else in this world that makes mission possible for us. Amen? And his name is Jesus. This morning, I want to talk about Mission Possible. Because we, we have so many people in this world telling us that things are impossible, but we worship a God who makes things possible. Yes? We worship and serve a God who makes all things possible. And I believe that God is calling us to be a people who, who make Mission Possible, who embody the very facts and the essence that God... Is, is making things possible that in, 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 our, in our lives. So it's our job to go out and do mission and make things possible in other people's lives through the power and the glory of God. Amen? You see, the very word mission means to be sent or to send somebody. And my focus for us today is for us to be sent 
and to be sent out. You see, so often we think mission is somebody else's job. But I want us to look at ourselves today and say, mission is my responsibility. So can you say with me today, mission is my responsibility. We're going to say that with some conviction. Mission is my responsibility. Every year we, we remember Palm Sunday, don't we, at Easter. The day that Jesus entered Jerusalem uh, to complete his mission. As, and as Jesus entered uh, Jerusalem, he knew the mission that lay before him. Yet he didn't turn away from it. I wonder how many of us, knowing that we were entering Jerusalem to enter it and hang on a cross, would continue to enter Jerusalem and continue the mission. I know I would be, it would be very hard for me to do that. But Jesus paid a price that none of us could have paid. He followed through on a mission that none of us could have completed. And now, he empowers you and I to do mission. He empowers you and I to go out into the world and make disciples. You see, mission is truly activated when the body of Christ becomes alive and active in the call and purpose of God. Are you alive this morning, church? Oh, are you alive this morning? Are you active? Because the call and purpose of God is calling you this morning. You see, if we, the church, do nothing, then I want to be brutally honest. We're not truly the body of Christ. You see, if God has called us to go and make disciples, that is our one key, mess, that is our one key mission as Christians is to go out and replicate what God has done in our lives. Yes? So if we sit in these four walls and stay as we are, then we're not truly the body of Christ, which is why we as church have to truly become embodied in what mission is. We have to be a people who go out and do mission. See, God has called us to much more than just attending church services. Church, I want you to know that. He's got so much more for you today. Often, and I want us to hear this, often we limit what God can do in our lives to what we think God can do in our lives. Just think about that for a second. Often, we limit what God can do in our lives to what we think God can do in our lives. See, our God surpasses all understanding. And our God is capable of doing anything. 1 Corinthians, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says these, what, these words, What no eye has seen, come on, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Those are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Wow. So this morning you may be asking the question, what is mission? And I just want to pull out a few scriptures for us of what God tells us in the scripture. And, and I mean, we can go through, we could just spend the morning of, of quoting a load of scriptures, but 
this morning I just want to give us four very quick scriptures. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says these words, but you are a chosen people. You've been chosen this morning. You are a royal priesthood. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Did you know you are royalty this morning? Amen, Wendy. You are a princess. Come on. A holy nation. You are God's special possession. But here's the thing. That you may declare. Here's the key. Declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Amen? Galatians 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Are you free this morning? But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. Thank you, Jesus. We've not been called to use our freedom to indulge ourselves, but God has called us to serve one another. That means God has called us to do mission. Amen? John 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. We've been called to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Amen. And most probably the most well-known scripture, Matthew 28 to 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has empowered us by the power of the free Godhead free in one. We are empowered by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And right now the Holy Spirit is outpoured in us, and we believe that today God has, has, has equipped us with his Holy Spirit and empowered us to go out into the nations. We're going to be reading from Exodus uh, 4, verse 1 to 17. I haven't got this on the screens uh, this morning, so if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. And we're going to be kind of dipping in and out of it as I um, go uh, through the different points. And I'm going to be reading different sections. But the verse, verses that uh, uh, follow are a God encounter at the burn. The verses that we're going to about to read are are what follows from a God encounter at the burning bush. So this is where Moses has been at the burning bush. God has called him and spoken into his lives, but then God speaks to him again. And we're going to be reading these verses here. Uh, and uh, it, God has called Moses to go and set his people free. And um, you would hope that an experience like talking to God through a burning bush would give you the kick up the bottom that you need. Um, but somehow we get into this great conversation that Moses is having in these verses. 
So I'm just going to read verse 1 for us. It says, Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? My first point to us this morning is this, that if God has asked us to do something, it's important. If God has asked you to do something, it is important. And right at the start, God asked Moses to do something, and he he starts to have this argument with God, and he says, but God, what if they don't believe me? You see, doubt entered his life. But it wasn't just about what if they don't believe me, what if they don't listen to me? And say that the Lord didn't appear to you. It's all in your head. Let me tell you, if God's with you, God's with you. And I ain't going anywhere that God isn't going. And if God has asked me to go somewhere, we've got to go. And this is, this is Moses' conversation this morning. And you see, it's likely that if you love God and follow him, he has said many things to you, I'm sure, in your lifetime. However, it's not good if we've not listened and not acted. Often in life we can come up with excuses, can't we? And this is what we see with Moses right here. We see Moses coming up with some excuses. I don't know about you, if you've got kids, I know with my kids sometimes, um, if I ask them to do something, there's always a reel of excuses. So Isaac, can you do the can you do the, the the dishwasher? No, Dad. I did it this morning. I don't want to do it again. I did exactly the same when I was a kid. But through life, we have to learn to not come up with the excuses, but to say yes when our Father has spoken to us. How powerful is that? You see, our journey here at Restore Church is to be a people that look outward, not inward. Our heart is to equip you to go out and make disciples. It's only by rebuilding the individual that you can restore a community and renew a city. And if we're going to go out and make disciples, we have to be challenged to walk with people. We have to be challenged to, to find people that we can walk with. At the end of of the service today, I want to bring a challenge to us about who are we walking with in our life today. And I'll I'll bring that uh, towards the end. But um, one of the most important things is that we need to bear fruit. And I don't know about you, but fruit tends to be the thing that goes off in our house as the first thing because it gets left. It's not the thing that everybody wants to eat. And then the fruit flies come, and you're like, now you may be different. You may love your fruit, and forgive me. But uh, fruit fruit tends to be the thing that goes off very first. But in the church today, there are many of us, uh, and I'm talking about the church of the world. There are many Christians that once bear fruit, but have allowed their fruit to go stale. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful image. You see, when you were first called out of, out of darkness into light, 
God called you to bear fruit. But for some reason, I don't know what it is, there came a point where you've stopped doing that. And my challenge to us and the church, I suppose in the UK, I suppose I'm speaking out to the world in this today, is that we need to be a people who continue to bear fruit and to, to, to plant new seeds, to see fruit reproduced and to not allow it to go stale. So, see, so often, those of us who allow our fruit to go stale, we often sit in church and we've allowed bitterness or hurt or pain to create a stale outlook. We, we may be criticized, we may be pulled down, we may be picked fault of those that are actually trying to build disciples. But my challenge to us today is to think about what God first called us. Remember the day that God first called you out of darkness and into light. Thank you, Jesus. Remember the joy that you had. If you are in that place or you're listening online today and you're in that place where your fruit has become stale, there is always a way back to Jesus. Don't allow your fruit to stay stale. Come on, it's time to start replanting. It's time to start doing mission. Speak well. Speak positively. Celebrate what people are doing. If people are doing something good for the kingdom of God, celebrate it. Don't pull it down. God's called us to be a people who encourage, that stand next to one another. You know when Moses' arms became too, too, uh, too heavy? We get Aaron and her standing beside him to hold his arms. I want a church full of Aaron and hers. I want you to be a people who stands in my arms. However we look at it, and you lift us up, you lift our arms up high. We all need Aaron and hers in our, in our life. Surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and hold your arms up. We are not going to be able to do mission if we do not, if we do not bring encouragement into people's lives. We've got, to be we've got to be positive in that sense. Because whatever is bitter, we replicate bitterness. See, it's about our obedience to God's voice. If God has asked us to do something, it's important. God doesn't want our excuses. He wants our yeses. Anybody want to say yes this morning to Jesus? Come on. We'll have opportunity again. We're going to say yes to Jesus afresh. See, you're not here by chance today. I want you to know that. God has brought you to this church for a reason. And Becky and I, we're so glad that God has blessed us with all you wonderful people to help journey and shepherd and we believe God is going to do mighty, mighty works for each and every one of you. But mission has to start within. And I'm calling us to mission this morning. I'm calling us to arise.
to shine for the glory of God has come upon us. And it's time for us to see the kingdom of God shine out in this world like never before. God has called us to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free. My second point is what God has placed in our hands. What has God placed in your hands, sorry? And we read on in, in, in verse 2, Then the Lord said to him, What is it that is in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. And the Lord, uh, then the Lord said, Throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it to the ground, and it became like a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand and took hold of it, and the snake turned back into a staff in his hands. This, said the Lord, is so that you believe that the Lord your God and the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Amen? You know, sometimes we ask God for confirmation. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we weigh when God has asked us to do something. It's like Moses. Moses put out a fleece. There are times where we need to put out fleeces. But my question to you today is, what has God placed in your hands? I don't want you to look to the left or the right. Because that's what God has placed in their hands. My question to you is, what has God placed in your hands today? Each person in this house has a unique gift. I love to watch the gifts of each and every person pour out in this house. And I'm here to say to you, I want to I wanna, I wanna release those gifts. I want to see those gifts pour out in this house, amen? But in this city as well. God has placed a gift in your hands and he's called you to a purpose and he's called you to to this, this place and this time today. You see, the staff in Moses' hand was ordinary. And yet, when God came into it, it became spectacular. Think about that for a second. I've got staff in my office. I've got a shepherd's staff in my office. Because it was given to me by my my grandfather, and it was a prophetic it was a prophetic statement. Because deep down, my heart is I'm a pastor. I have a pastor's heart. I I love to care for people, to shepherd. But that staff, it's ordinary. But if God comes into the mix, it becomes extraordinary. So don't see your own ability today. What's God placed in your hands today? Because you may feel it's just ordinary. It's not good enough. But when God comes into the mix, it becomes supernatural. 
Come on, church. When God comes into the mix, what God has placed in your hands becomes supernatural. The gifts God has placed in your life are not done. God has, is using them for a reason and a purpose. And however that looks, they, they may have been used in a different way previously, but God can use them in a new and fresh way today. And I want you to know that God wants to use your gifts for, this, for his glory and his purpose. So what has God placed in your hands today? Come on. David looked at himself, would he have faced Goliath? I doubt it. Because he knew God was with him. The almighty God stood with him. So when he stood with against Goliath and he swung that stone around and he let it go and it went bullseye into Goliath's head. Was it David's skill that knocked Goliath down? Was it David's power that, that, that knocked Goliath down? Absolutely not. God Almighty brought the spectacular into what David brought. What did David bring, though? He brought the yes. David brought the yes. And God said, I need you to go. And David said, yes. If Peter kept thinking about man's ability would he have walked on water when Jesus called him out? No. Because he knew it was Jesus that called him out. And it was the power of God that held him up over the sea. Don't look to, <coughs> sorry, don't look to God, what God has given to others. Look to what God has given you in your hands. Amen. My third point is this. God's power is in you. And we read on it, it says, The Lord said, Put your hands inside your cloak. So, so Moses put his hand into the, his cloak, and when he, he took it out, the skin was, was leprosy. It had become white as snow. Now put it back in your cloak, he said. To, he said. So Moses put his hands back in his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored and the, and, the rest of his and the rest of his flesh was restored. Then the Lord said, if you do not believe or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you to take some water from the Nile and put it on dry ground, the water will f that you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Wow. You see, when you trust God, when you trust God to do mission, he provides everything that you need. See, people may not believe you when you go out and do mission. But when the power of God comes, the power of God speaks into your lives and to people's lives. Today, we believe that the Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of us. And every day I pray, Lord, refresh me with the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can go out and I can do your will and purpose. I want to challenge us today that the power of God lives in us, but most of us don't ask for the power of God or use it. Come on.
let's stir something up afresh. God wants us to be a people who, who allow the power of God to pour out. You may feel like it's impossible, but that's why God's asked you to do it. <laughs> think about that for a second. You may think it's impossible, but that's why God's asked you to do it. I want to tell you in my life, God has asked me to do many impossible things. But because I've said yes, I have seen the impossible happen. I have seen the impossible happen. When I was on mission, I think I've shared this before, when I was on mission, um, I was praying for a young man in a wheelchair. God asked me to go and pray for him. I laid hands. I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. That's all I did. I believed. I said, yes. And I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. The man got out of his wheelchair and he walked and he danced and he praised Jesus. If you want to see the impossible, start saying yes more. I want to tell you, God's power in you makes everything possible. It makes all things possible. My, my fourth point is you're good enough. Too many of us think we're not good enough for God. Too many of us think we're not good enough to do God's will and purpose. But God has called you and he's saying to you today that you are good enough for him. He has chosen you by name. This is what Moses is constantly arguing backwards and forwards with God. I mean, how can you have an argument with God? Just backwards and forwards. Because he just thinks he's not good enough. His self-confidence is low. He doesn't believe that he can do it. But God is saying to him, you are good enough. It says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm a slow, slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf and mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. And I'll teach you what to say. I want to tell you, this morning, your pastor is one of those people. When I was a young man, I had a stutter. A terrible stutter. I could not speak publicly. But as I stood in, in, in a Christian festival, and the person leading the service said, who here believes that God is calling them to, to a mission and a purpose to be a pastor or a youth pastor or a children's worker, I want you to stand because I want to pray for you. Well, my bottom got on fire that day and I could not sit down and I stood up. But I said, God, I was forever fighting with God and I said, God, I'm not good enough for you. I'm not eloquent enough for you. Well, here we are. I want to speak to every young person in this house. You've just done your GCSEs, your exams. I want to speak to every young person in this house. You may feel like you've not got the grace that you wanted or you don't know what your future may look like. I want to tell you your purpose, your, your destiny is in God's hands. Not, not in any man or woman's hands that gives you grace. Your destiny is in God's hands today. And I tell you that if the call of God is on your life, which it is, 
God will take you to places that you only dreamed of. You, you don't need grace to define you today. The only person that defines us is the living God. <laughs> Our final point is this. God has not asked someone else. He's asked you. Once again, Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Please send somebody else. <laughs> Anybody else done that? Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. God isn't sending anybody else. There's nobody else to be sent. It's you today. Each one of you today is being called and sent by the living God to make disciples. So often we think we have to, we have to kind of go around with our Bibles and, and bash people over the heads. And if you, if you saw my Bible, I'd knock somebody out because it's a big one. God's not calling us to speak at people. He's calling us to walk alongside people. He's calling us to do life with people. Our mission is not to speak at people. Our mission is to walk alongside people. To be the Aaron and the hers. I want to challenge us today. Today marks 12 months. 12 months on from now, this is my challenge to us. I want us to choose three people. Three people in your life. I want you to walk with those three people for the next 12 months. I want you to do life with those three people for the next 12 months. I want you to share the goodness of God with those three people for the next 12 months. And as those three people get to know you and they see that your life is different, as they, as they ask those questions of, why is it that you are so different? You can then speak into their lives and say, because I know this person, his name is Jesus. He turned my life from the inside out. Right now, maybe God is placing on your heart three people in your life who you can walk with. I want you to, if you've got a pen and paper or a phone, I want you to jot those three people down, whether it's now or whether when you get home. But as you walk with those three people, you will laugh, you will cry, you will have difficult conversations. But the power of God 
will be with you every step of the way. The Lord Almighty, who says go and make disciples, will be with you every step of the way. Church, we've been called to say yes. And the only way that we're going to see church grow is if we make disciples. Don't get me wrong. People will be attracted to, to, to what is happening and what God is doing. I get that. But it's much more than just a Sunday. We've got to walk with people. We've got to talk with people. God has equipped you to do mission and make it possible today. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. <laughs> right now in this place, I just want to invite you to stand. Apologize, I've gone over slightly on time. I want every eye closed in this place. free people in your heart and in your mind and I want us all to do something physical today in that when I say this is your mission should you choose to accept it I'll ask the question do you accept it I want you to raise your hand to identify I'm going to say yes and in your heart I want you to say yes to God so church this is the mission of God to go out and make disciples should you choose to accept it or not do you choose to accept it come on let's see hands if that's you put your hand up as your hands held, I'm just going to pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit over your life today. Holy Spirit, fall in this place, I pray. Equip each and every person with their hand held high, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that as we walk with the free people that we have got in our hearts this 12 months, Lord God, that you will outpour your spirit in every conversation and that there will be testimony after testimony of the goodness of God and we will see your church grow. Lord, you have called us to rebuild the individual. So today, Lord God, we have chosen three individuals that you have placed on our heart and we say pour out your Holy Spirit on their lives even now before we even speak to them so that their hearts are respective, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will walk alongside them, that we will build them up, that we'll encourage them, that we'll see your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as in heaven. Amen. 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 God bless you. It's been great to see you this morning at church. And uh, we're going to have the coffee house open. Please stay for a coffee. And... Uh,
uh, we'll, we'll get to know you a little bit more if you're new to church today. Take care.